Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Now, we are continuing with the topic zero. I said we are, competing, we are com- continuing with the topic of zero. Praise God. Last week, we were told how we must have the clock of zero. Praise God. And this week, we continue. How many of you remember how we defined zeal? How many remember how we defined zeal? We defined it as a passionate adore in pursuit of anything. Praise God. This is why you pursue everything with a passion. Everything with a passion. And so it's a passionate adore. It's, it's, it's where you're aglow. And I think our main text came from Romans chapter 12. Is that verse 8 or 9? Romans chapter 12. Let's go there. Today I'm taking you somewhere. Praise God. Come on guys, give it to me. This is how I know if you've been following. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. The Bible says, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Give me from the Amplified. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow, burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. So it says, never lag in zeal. Be aglow, burning with the Spirit. Somebody say, that's my life. Say it again, that's my life. Now, Satan has been attacking this area in people's lives. And I'll categorize it in a few areas. There is zeal for God. There is zeal for life. There is zeal for people. And those are the three main areas I want us to touch. Zeal for God, zeal for life, zeal for people. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that it's an imbalance if you don't have zeal for people and also zeal for life. 
So they zeal for God, they zeal for life, and they zeal for people. As it stands, how is your zeal? How is your zeal for God? How is your zeal towards the things of God? But also, how is your zeal for people? How is your zeal for people? Or are you in that space where you are tolerating people only? You cannot accomplish destiny without zeal for people. And then also, how is your zeal for life? You'll see it as we go through uh, this series. Do you remember the Apostle Paul saying, I'm caught in between, whether to go and be with the Lord or to remain and be with you? That was balanced zeal. Where he was not exaggerating his desire to leave the earth, but he was willing to abandon the assignment. Such that by the time he was leaving the earth, he could say, I've fought a good fight and I've finished my race. So no matter how much desire we have for heaven, it should never be at the expense of us finishing our assignment here on earth. How many of you have ever had a lazy day? Come on, don't pretend. Who's ever had a lazy day? Where that day you accomplished nothing. And, and for some reason, those days don't really come in the holidays. Sometimes you have that day in exam period. You told yourself that day you study. And you know what happens that day? The entire time, you're on your computer, watching Netflix. And then the Korean drama is just not finishing. Am I attacking the ladies? Or you find you've got some important classes and you decide just one match and they discuss, no, it's John Champion, Shan 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 Oko. Before you know it, it's a best of five series. The gentlemen know what I'm talking about. Then you lose that series and start another one. Before you know it, you've played game 50. What am I trying to say? Who's observed that when you have a lazy day, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, if I ever have a lazy day, one of the hardest things for me to do that day in the night is sleep. I feel guilty when I sleep. I feel like my body doesn't deserve to rest, not after the day I've had. If you find it easy to sleep after a lazy day, you need to go read the book of Proverbs. And then also what you need to do is you need to go outside the yard, get a, binocular, uh, so a magnifying glass, and start studying ants. That's what the Bible says. Go study the ants. <laughs> but generally, I've noticed, and then who's ever had a busy day? And not just a busy day, a productive day. Where you've accomplished everything you needed to accomplish. And especially when... Um, Let's say the next day is a holiday. For example, you've got the crossover night. You've danced, you've celebrated, you've done everything you're supposed to do. How many of you have noticed that when you go back to sleep, you feel like the bed owes you? You feel like it owes you. And if anyone dares wake you up before time, 
What am I trying to say? I believe that in the context of reward and entering with no regrets, heaven will be enjoyable for those who've had a productive life. Those who finish there. Imagine, you're going, think about this. You're about to enter and you're saying, I've finished my race. I've finished my race. I remember once I participated in I participated in a practice race. I think I was in primary school. And I won. I felt so good. So I decided to participate in the actual race. I didn't know the adrenaline was different. So let's just say I did finish. That has happened twice in my life. <laughs> I didn't finish the race. Even when you're going back to your house, you don't go back like this. No, you're a bit embarrassed because you've not finished your race. You're too young to think about ending it now. And I'm talking to anyone who's below the age of 90. Praise the Lord. And I'm being generous. I should be saying 120 if we had to be scripture. No, it's not ending now. No. But we'll come to that. By the time we're done with this. So zeal for God. Zeal for God. Now. Zeal for God is what leaves a remnant. You know what a remnant is? A remnant are those who've decided to stay on even when others are falling off. It's zeal. Look at the book of Isaiah, chapter number 37 and verse 32. Isaiah 37 and 32. The Bible tells us, out of Jerusalem will go forth a remnant and a band that survives out of Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's Isaiah 37, chapter 37, verse 32. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is the one that performs it. <laughs> okay. So zeal for the Lord is extreme passion for God. It's passion for God. It's passion for his house. Praise God. It's where you are immovable when it comes to the things of God. It's extreme passion. Jesus had such passion for God that he was willing to suffer for his sake. That's the kind of zeal we're talking about. Where you can go the extra mile. You can go out of your way for the sake of the kingdom. For the sake of the things of God. And here's how you know if you've got zeal for God. Number one, willing to stand even when others are falling. You're willing to stand. You don't go by what everybody says. You don't go by everyone's idea of something. It doesn't have to be popular. It must be godly. I'll say that again. It doesn't have to be popular. It must be godly. 
And that's why when your zeal for God comes to this place, you stop admiring people of the world. For what? What do they have that we don't have? As a matter of fact, you can't preach to them if you admire them. You stop admiring people of the world. The darkness. The darkness. Yes. First Kings 19 verse 10. Elijah says something. Let's be a bit quicker. I have many scriptures. He says, I have been zealous. Actually, he says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Now, as much as he wasn't the only one left, because he didn't know God had preserved 7,000, the fact that he was willing to be the only one left is commendable. No wonder he had such encounters with the Lord. No wonder he walked in such great power. So when you're zealous for the Lord, you're willing to stand even when everyone else is falling. You don't fall to popular opinion. You don't go by the everyone is doing it. The Bible says, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of scorners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Where what makes you happy is what God has said. What makes you happy is the principles of God. I mean, yeah, yeah, the office, and people are having a discussion, and they are talking against, let's say, giving in the house of the Lord. You don't participate in such. Who are they to advise you? Where were they when you're on your knees praying? Maybe them, they got it by connections. You know how you got yours. You know the God you pray to. No, 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 no. Never let anyone talk you down. Never let anyone talk you down. And usually the test of this is when you're promoted in life. That's usually the test of it. When you're promoted in life. Praise God. I'll give you an example. You've noticed there are three seats there, right? One is for Digon Lasting. I wonder why he's not there. The moment I saw seats were running out, I gave out mine. I said, I don't need it. For what? What are you doing there? <laughs> I think he gave it back. Praise God. The test of this is usually when you're promoted in life. That's the test that King David passed. He could still dance for the Lord when he was king. Those who are just by the windows, security, I hope you've checked to ensure that it's really safe. If not, check again. Yeah, all seated. I said, please check again. Can't compromise on safety. I'm not saying close them, but just ensure it's extremely safe. Because they are very huge. I'm particularly concerned that side. There they look okay, but there. That's right in the middle. I'm not saying close them. If you have to move someone, move. Someone can be right in the middle. No. Let's not repeat the miracle of Paul. 
praise God. So you are willing to be the only one. You are willing to be the only one. How many are willing to serve God even when it's not popular? I, I want you to settle it in your heart that the Holy Spirit is not the most popular person. The Bible says the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Praise God. Refuse to go by these opinions. You can run your life differently. Number two, you do not bow down under pressure. You don't bow down under pressure. You're not going to be one of those who say, oh, I really want the marriage and he's taking long. Let me just get pregnant. No. The house of the Lord. Where is your zeal for the house of the Lord? Where is your zeal for God? Your zeal for God must surpass any other passion. Because the first commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your might, with all your soul, with all your mind, with everything. Where is your zeal for the Lord? You don't bow down. Somebody say we are the generation not bow down. Praise God. Increase my volume. And I would like you to read Daniel chapter 3 in your own time. Up to verse 18. Where you find Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. These guys were told, if you don't bow down, we'll throw you in the fire. I would like us to read what they answered. In verse 16. They said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, the God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if he doesn't, let it be known, <laughs> O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Someone says, no, for you to get the promotion, you must do this and this. No, 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 no. The God that I serve is the one who promotes. He can bring one up and bring another down. But even if I don't get the promotion this month, let it be known, I am not compromising. No, 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 no. Say, I refuse to compromise. Say, we ain't got time to compromise. <laughs> yeah, we've got the power. Don't you remember that from Yam Sunday? Okay, 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 okay. Praise God. Say, I refuse to compromise. Say it loud, I refuse to compromise. I refuse to compromise. Praise God. Let's continue. Number three. You have a prompt to do it mindset. When it comes to the things of God. A prompt to do it. Second Corinthians chapter 9. How many of you ever noticed sometimes you feel like your leaders always work with the same people? 
If that's ever the case, check your attitude when you are told to do something. Because normally a leader will go back to the person whose attitude was the best. Because when you are working, especially working under pressure, you, the last thing you want is a bad attitude. So, a prompt to do it mindset. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. So, I want us to see it from the Amplified. From the Amplified version. So, let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, notice, he takes pleasure in. He prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Now you'll notice from this that this same principle applies to every other aspect of the kingdom. Observe, Jesus always liked those who were prompt to do it. Prompt to do it simply means we don't have to convince you. I don't know if you're getting my point. We don't have to convince you. It's not a big deal to convince you to do the things of God. Like if we are to stand and say, okay, we need to raise money for this. For you, we don't need to think about asking you whether you are participating. It's just about how much are you able to at that moment. That, that's a prompt to do it, person. Praise God. And you know, it starts with simple things. We shouldn't have to we shouldn't feel blessed the day we see you attending church. Like, wow, we are blessed. Nada java buena. Ha! today is a good day. No, we shouldn't feel blessed. I'll tell you something. For me as a pastor, from day one of the ministry, whenever I would be praying, let's say, for the attendance, there are certain people whom are automatic in my mind. I know that if we are 20, those 20 will be there. Like, you know that that one just, that, that one will be there. It's not even a question. Who is that person? The one whom we don't have to invite to your own church. Say, Pastor, you'll never invite me. <laughs> Say, I'm the inviter. <laughs> so, a prompt to do it mindset is where it's not difficult to convince you it's not, it shouldn't be difficult. This week we are launching full out evangelism. Praise God. We're doing it physically. We're doing it online. I don't know how many of you whom we have to sit and beg for your online space. One minute of your WhatsApp. You can maybe just, you can just reduce the memes just for one day. Just reduce the jokes and the memes just for one day and just post like a flyer. But that is not so with you. Praise God. How many here are saying, I'm a prompt to do it believer? Praise God. It shouldn't be easy for the word I can't to come out of your mouth. It's even better teach me or guide me. Or I want to but there is this challenge. That's better. 
I can't, should never come out of your mouth. So I'm prompt to do it. And it's not just me. Ask your department heads. There are people they would rather send than others. Honestly, ask any department head. There are people they would rather send than others because of their attitude. Department heads, am I right? Praise God. So I'm a prompt to do it believer. That side I didn't hear you. Do I have to prompt you to say I'm a prompt to do it believer? <laughs> Come on, say it. I'm a prompt to do it believer. Praise God. Let's look at one or two more. Here's another attribute about those who are zealous for the Lord. Even in tears, they still follow their God. Even in tears. Yes, we've been shown that there's an aspect of giving cheerfully. But my friend, there are days. <laughs> Psalm 126 verse 5. Psalm 126 verse 5. The Bible says, They who sow in tears shall reap in joy and singing. Someone would ask, why am I using money as one of the biggest examples? Because that's one of the biggest things a person can give. If a person can give that, they can give time. If they can give that, they can give service. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy and singing. Where even in the midst of a trial, even in tears, you still serve the Lord fervently. Praise God. I remember one time sitting down and I told my leaders how there was a period I had not been very okay. A number of them had not noticed. Now one would think, Apostle, are you pretending? No. My service for the Lord has just been put in a certain place which can't be touched. It, it just can't be touched. It's, it's consecrated. It can't be touched. Praise God. No, there are certain things that just can't be touched. Somebody say glory. <laughs> Can I show you a scripture? Go to the book of 1 Peter. Na, 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 na. Chapter 3, verse 15. Look at this. This scripture changed my life. I first read it, I think, when I was at Unza. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Give me the amplified. Hey, you're learning wisdom for life. It says, But in your hearts set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. And in setting him apart, notice there is an action. It says, always being ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you. Now, it says, set Christ apart as holy. In short, in your heart, Christ should be in a space that can be touched, a space that can be reached, a space that's not influenced by how much money you have, a space that's not influenced by whether you had a good day or a bad day. Christ should be set apart. Set Christ apart in your heart. Set him apart. He must be untouchable. Even in the tabernacle, have you observed that where the mercy seat was, was untouchable. It was set apart from everything else. And you know that you are that tabernacle now. 
Has Christ been set apart? Has he been sanctified? Is he in a realm of his own? When we are calling him holy, what we are trying to say is that you're in the realm of your own. You're in the class of your own. Have you set him apart as holy? Or can Christ be affected by you having a mood? Set Christ apart as holy. Set him apart as holy. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So even in hard moments, that, that place called Christ, that place called Christ, the place called there, that place of Christ should never be tempered with. Never. Never put Dagon in, in that temple. Never be tempered with. And that's why sometimes train yourself. Do you know how you can train yourself sometimes? Sometimes, <laughs> I'm just giving you a few things you can do. Sometimes the day that you get paid, that should be the day you fast. <laughs> sometimes fast on the day that you know you get the most money. Like you're trying to tell your body, look, money is not changing my program. <laughs> If I've decided I'm fasting, I'm fasting. Set him apart as holy. There are certain things I did before. I'm not saying I do them now. For example, I've fasted before on my birthday. Once or twice. Now, I'm not saying do that. I'm not saying, I'm seeing the looks on people's faces. I'm not saying do that. All I'm trying to say is sanctify. Like, sanctify. Let, let him be holy. Somebody say you are holy. Say in my heart, I have sanctified you. You are number one. You are the highest. He's, he shouldn't just be bigger than the biggest. It's just the mountains that is bigger than. No, even in your heart, let him be bigger than the biggest. Set him apart as holy. Set him apart as holy. Even in exam period, your prayer life should not change. It's better your eating habits changes. It's better your social media habits changes, not your prayer life. Set Christ apart as holy. Say some, somebody say, Christ is set apart in my heart. Okay, let's have a few more. Another point. Another way you can tell that your zeal for the Lord is on point is radical evangelism. Listen, a zealous person won't keep this thing to themselves. No, notice what Jesus said. He said the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. So if you are sitting down and thinking, yeah, there is too much darkness, too many people are not saved, the problem is not them. Jesus has already prepared their hearts to hear us. The problem is we are not laboring. Listen, it's where you take it as your work. Like, you know, you should prepare another CV which is different from the one you send out to employers. And on that CV, when you're, on your jobs, put number one, radical evangelist. It's your work. Notice he says the laborers are few. Meaning each and every believer must be a laborer. And listen, it's not labor if it's always convenient. 
It's not labor if you always have to be hyped up for it. I don't know if you're getting my point. I remember the time I, I, I worked as an accountant. I hated going for work, I'll be honest. I liked the payday, but I hated going for work. They didn't care whether I liked it, whether I hated it. I had to finish the work. And so I used to give myself certain hours, which I would call holy hour. In that hour, I'll be the most productive so that the rest of the time I can wing it. <laughs> it used to work for me. Who's ever had that exam that you have no choice but to study for? Even if your body develops a problem. Let's say your body developed, uh, not that it will happen now, but let's say your body had developed a flu or something like that. There is nothing like you go to the, on the exam paper, you write, sorry, sir. I could not finish studying because power went and the dog ate my homework. There is nothing like that. You have to labor. People break nights, they are laboring. Have you ever broken a night for the gospel? As in there should be days you should break your thumbs. <laughs> now, why do we emphasize nowadays on virtual space? Because your virtual space is bigger than your geographical space. Especially in certain areas of Lusaka where they'll kick you out if you go knock at their door. Your thumbs. Have you ever had a day where your thumbs got tired because of too many people you were inviting? When was the, now think about this. Dominion conference aside, when was the last time you won a saw? Like, who's the last saw you won? No, ask your neighbor that. When was the last time you actually won a saw? Or at least tried. It just didn't work out. Where the Bible says, shake the dust off your feet. At least you tried. Okay, okay, maybe we need a soul. When was the last time you actually invited someone to church? If we were to stand up and if we were to lift you up and say, point at one person for whom you are responsible for bringing to this church, who can you point at? Whether directly or indirectly, who can you point at? Listen, if by checking your virtual space, someone can easily tell what football team you support, who's your favorite actor, and all those things, but they can't tell what church you're at. I shouldn't even be comparing church to those things because Christ must be set apart in your heart. I shouldn't, we shouldn't even be comparing. You know, we need to come to a place where we don't compare these things. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I shouldn't have to stand and say, hey, the witches, they put a lot of effort for me to convince you to put effort. No, we should, we should even compare to witches. I shouldn't have to use people's misfortunes to convince you to worship. We shouldn't have to come and stand and say, your friends are in hospital. You are here. It's not because you are clever. And I find the guy is also clever. It's not because you are clever. No, no, no. I, do you need that much motivation? I need to tell you a sad story about another person for you to worship. Where is your zeal for the Lord? It shouldn't be difficult to lift up your hands. Hey! <laughs> Praise God. It shouldn't be a difficult thing. It shouldn't be a laborious thing. 
study the life of David. You know why you must study the life of David? Because God gave a testimony about David. Are you aware that God gave a testimony about David? If you read in the book of Acts. Imagine God goes for the angels. Guys, guys, guys. Today God is giving a testimony and he comes. God loves testifying. Don't forget he once testified to Satan about Job. He said, have you seen Job? <laughs> and God comes and says, guys, David. This is the same David that made a mistake, right? But he recovered. Guys, I don't know this guy. There's just something about him. This is the same David who wanted to build for the Lord. He goes to get a land. And the person says, you are the king. I'll just give it to you. And he says, far be it from me to do something for the Lord that costs me nothing. The guy refused, saying it's not going to cost me nothing. This is for the Lord that we're doing it for. The same David who, when his wife laughed at him, his wife mocked him, saying, you are dancing like that. How has the king disgraced himself before the maidens? And then he says, it was before the Lord. He says, it's, it was before the Lord that I was being vowed. And this is the God who made me king instead of your father. And then he goes on to say, I will be even more vowed. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. So if somebody, the next time somebody tells you, you're giving all that to the ministry, tell them, you think I've started. <laughs> the next time somebody tells you, you're posting all those flyers. Say, my friend, <laughs> I'm buying an outfit. <laughs> Soon I'll lift up a banner. Praise the Lord. And these things started in the Bible. You don't know in the Bible they used to lift up banners. Praise God. Say it in the Bible. Let's continue. Just a few more points. What are some of the things that affect the zeal of believers? Your zeal can reduce. It is possible for your zeal to reduce. But I pray you'll be like Caleb, who said, I was 40 years old when the Lord spoke. And I'm 80 now. And yet my bones are still strong. Praise God. So what can cause zeal to reduce? Number one, persecution. What's persecution? It's where you're treated unfairly because of your faith. It's where you're treated unfairly because of your faith. Who's ever been made fun of because you're a believer? Raise your hands. Like someone makes fun of you because you're a Christian. Who's ever made fun of you because of your principles? Raise your hands. Someone makes fun of you because of your principles. If you've not, if you've not yet been made fun of, it will happen. Jesus promised us. Even when telling when Peter their reward, he says you receive ten times what you gave with persecution. Praise God. Who's ever been hated because you're a believer? Okay, wonderful. Who's ever received death threats because you're a believer? I'm telling you things I've received. Praise God. Who's ever had people commenting nonsense on their statuses because you're a believer? Mm -hmm. 
Who's ever had people telling you where is your God now when you're going through an issue because you're a believer? That can be very discouraging. But I want you to understand something. A servant is not greater than the master. If Jesus was persecuted, you, sh- you will be as well. And perhaps we can grow to a place where we are like the apostles who celebrated and they said, thank you, Lord, for you counted us worthy to also suffer for your sake. Praise God. Number two, discouragement. Discouragement. Discouragement can cause your zeal to go down. Perhaps someone discouraged you. Some of us have, have received bad advice, even from parents. No, I'm, I'm being honest. Even some, some, you find your, your parents sit you down and says, don't be too spiritual. There's someone here who got saved. Their parents sat them down. They were concerned. You don't go for movies. You don't want to go out. You just want to be at church and do things for the church. Praise God. Some of us have been discouraged by happenings. Maybe something didn't work out too well. Maybe that day you sang badly and somebody laughed. Maybe somebody mocked your accent. You'd be amazed by what discourages people. Here's what I would tell you about anything that may be discouraging you. Anything. Maybe somebody started a rumor about you. And it even reached the pastor. And I told you off about the rumor. (laughs) Without investigation. You never know, eh? You'll be amazed. But here's something that I'll tell you. Who's ever been... I can only narrate two things to this experience. In your past life, if anyone ever experienced some form of sickness, when it's at its peak, have you noticed that nothing else matters anymore apart from being well? Your favorite food doesn't matter anymore. The pleasures of the world don't matter. You're not in a position to receive them. Or who's ever been extremely tired? I remember coming back from the copper belt. And when we arrived, I was so tired. I was eating something and it was tasting bitter. When I ate it the next day, it was tasting okay. Usually when you're at that point, it's no longer really about the body. Praise God. It's no longer about the body. And when you're in a moment where it's no longer about the body, the things that pertain to the body don't matter anymore. Haven't you ever been at a place where all you want is sleep? Nothing else matters. Whether that person has said goodnight or not doesn't matter. Unless it's really serious. Praise God. Nothing matters at that point. One day it's going to be like that. When this body goes to sleep, And we are before God. 
most of these excuses will give will seem like nothing. They will seem so useless. What we saw as big will be so small. The last thing we want is to be embarrassed. Imagine you're standing before the king of kings, lord of lords, ancient of days. Like when he's about to walk in. Uh, obviously, they will tell me, like, ah, no. Most of it, you might come to Tabaka Nim, but I'll go there and get the mic. Blessing and honor, glory and power, be into the ancient of days. Because I plan to be one of the choir masters in heaven. And then, as I'm telling the angels, now sing every time. Then he's walking in. Ancient of days. And then you go before him. And he asks you, did you finish your assignment? Ah, I heard from Milika. Why did you finish your assignment? Because somebody talked about me. How did you know they talked about you? Milika told Janet, who told Jaffet, who told Johnson, who told Hillary, who overheard Brian, who told this one, who told this one, and the person came to me. And I was discouraged and didn't finish my assignment. Do you think you're going to say that to the ancient of days? And then, as you're saying that, the Apostle Paul, who was whipped, flogged, the Apostle Paul will step in. And he will just look. And then the Apostle Peter, who was crucified upside down, <laughs> will come and say, 21st century. No, I was the only one in my group who didn't have a boyfriend, so I said feeling bad. Ha! You may not survive. You might not survive Stephen the Deacon. You might not survive You might not survive Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. No, I needed a 1,000 increment on my salary, so I had to sleep with them. You might not survive Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Who gave up? They, they went in a fire. Here's what I'll tell you. One day, and please listen and listen to me well. If you've ever been on a flight, everything on the ground looks small until you can't see it anymore. Or even if you've just been on a tall building, everything looks small. One day, all of these things will look tiny. They'll be really small. <laughs> One day, all of these things, if you see them from heaven's perspective, will look so small. You wish you hadn't sold your birthright for a bowl of soup. Soup. One day you wish you hadn't given up. Imagine seeing souls being thrown into hell. And then it replays. That that one, that's the one you could have given a flyer, but you felt embarrassed. Never let anything discourage you. If you had a problem, if you fell, listen, if a car had a problem on the road and it had to get off the road and it's repaired, it doesn't have any less rights when it's back on the road. 
it doesn't have any less rights. Praise God. I remember when I used to drive a really small car, I would feel very intimidated on the road when I saw a bigger one. And then I realized the rules applied to all of us. If it's 80 kilometers per hour, it was 80 kilometers per hour for all of us. You have the right to be the best version of you. You have the right to still accomplish your destiny. No matter how bad the past was, you still have the right to accomplish your destiny. And that's why even when we correct, it's for restoration. Say glory. How many of you have been blessed? And one key, one of these days, I'll dedicate an entire message just to talk about how to deal with discouragement. Because I've felt discouraged before. And one of the keys for dealing with discouragement is remember where you got the fire. Usually the secret is just to go back to where you got the fire. For me, I know sermons I can listen to at any time. And if I listen to that sermon, hey, <laughs> there's something that comes alive in me. For me, I know if I, if I can just make it to my phone, and my phone is so near, and I can just go to my playlist and I just play. The moment I just hear, blessed is a man whose hope the Lord is. I know, that's it, that's it, that's it. Praise God. Go back to that message. Go back, play it again. Listen, hello. Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Alima podcast. Go back to it. Hey! Praise God. In Lusaka, Zambia. That's how we know those who watch the podcast. <laughs> okay, let's finish up. Another thing that can discourage you or that can affect zeal is the cares of this world. Matthew 13 verse 22. The cares of this world. Matthew 13 22. Let's read it. Uh, give me the new King James. As for what was now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. The cares of this world. If you get too obsessed with these things, they can. Do you know that even what's needed can choke your relationship with God. How do I, what, what do I mean? Jesus tells them, do not worry about what you eat, drink, and all those things. And then he says, your father knows that you need these things. So he's not saying you don't need them. He knows you need them. But the moment you give them a place higher than Christ, that's why he says, but seek first. Meaning they should be, number one should be God. Number one should be the kingdom of God. Meaning, when you wake up, before you think of what will I eat today, you should be thinking of what shall I render to Jehovah. Afterwards, you can sort out whatever you need to sort out. That's how, that's the attitude a believer should have. That's what Jesus is saying. The cares of this world can choke you. And this world, these things get obsessive. You get a diploma, you really want a degree. You get a degree, you really want a master's. You get a master's, you really want a PhD. You get a PhD, you really want five more. You get five more, you really want a professor. There is never a time when it leaves you alone. 
And that's why you have to be careful when you're transitioning into different periods of life. You have to be careful. For example, when you transition into things like marriage, be careful. You can stop singing in the praise team. Haven't we seen that before? You can stop. Why you ask, what really? Haven't you seen in the scriptures? And here's one sign you can tell your zeal has been affected when you've got so many excuses. Have you ever seen the parable, our favorite parable in evangelism, that his house may be full? Everyone gave an excuse. No, me, I just bought a house so I can't come. You just bought a house so you can't come to the kingdom of God. Interestingly, the other excuse that they were given is one said, I, I married. Where better to celebrate your marriage? Yes, we can give you a period of time, but not an extensive period. You will lose sight of the things of the kingdom. You will lose sight of it. Praise God. I've, I've received reports before I couldn't come to church, Pastor, because it was my birthday. I'm telling you, it was my birthday. I had to, I had to celebrate. <laughs> the cares of this world where you become so obsessed with making money, so obsessed with making money that you can't give yourself three hours on a Sunday to just hear the gospel. And then what would you do with that money? You buy eternal life? Praise God. Work out. That's why even when exam period starts, I should not see anyone missing a Sunday service. For what? For what? Praise God. Excuses. If you are full of excuses, know there's this. Know there's a function. Ha! The kingdom of God should be on hot because there's a function. Hey! Do you know that people who the reason, let's say, they didn't give their tithe is because they failed to say no to an unnecessary kitchen party committee. And they want to impress that person so much who they don't even like at the expense of God. Set, for me, there are certain things I set aside as holy. Set aside as holy. For example, you know we're having partnership Sunday in January, right? Because we have it every three months. It should never be. Partnership's announcement now should not be a miracle. We have it every three months. It's, 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 it's a thing. Do you know what I do? I've got one of my phone numbers which I e-wallet. And so I'll keep e-walleting it because I usually have a target amount. Even if anyone was to ask, even if it was... <laughs> Money needed to save their life. That one is not mine. I've evaluated it already. It's not mine. I'm not even thinking of it. I'm saying it's not mine at all. Hey, who am I to touch it? It's not mine. Set apart. Praise God. We need to be ending it. Eh? But I wanted us to end at a certain note so that we can move. Uh, another thing that can affect you is bitterness. Hebrews 12, verse 15. The Bible says, looking careful, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. 
lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Another one is the sin of forgetting. Why you forget where God has taken you from? Bible says, bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. So you can actually forget. Never forget where he's, where he's taken you from. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And so how you can bring it back. Number one, if there is any pride in you, try your best to detect it. And if you detect it, humble yourself. Please don't ask God to humble you. I'm begging you as your pastor. The way God humbled people in the Bible, that's why he literally tells you, humble yourself. Because if God humbles you, he will humble you. Praise God. So detect it in the way you respond. You know what? Be, have honest conversations with yourself. Sometimes sit down and assess your attitude. Sit down and say, okay, but the way I responded, I think that's, that doesn't sound like a person on fire for the Lord. The way I reacted, they announced, they announced, start with simple things. They announced partnership Sunday. And 15 people in the church said, woo. And I just did woo. <laughs> Check your attitude. If the message is going well, and your neighbor shouts to the Lord, are you offended? Are you offended that they are celebrating God's word? <laughs> Praise God. But would you be offended at a football match if somebody celebrates a goal? As a matter of fact, you who is not shouting, what's your problem? The Bible says everyone in his temple shouts glory. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I want you to say after me, say, I will not be an offense in the temple of God. The one who's an offense is the one who's not shouting. Not <laughs> Say one more time, I will not be an offense. Look at Psalm 29 verse 29. Just in case you think we're making this stuff up. Psalm 29 verse 9. What does it say? Woo! Get the shackles off my feet so I can dance. The voice of the Lord, I want us to read it together. One, two, three, go.
Who is that brave warrior who didn't say it? <laughs> so check your attitude towards such things. Why should you always be the only one when we are singing? Vamubashi, twami singela. You are singela in him like this. That means Holy Spirit will welcome in you. You are welcome in like this. Yeah, you are welcome. Check your attitude. Detect it in yourself. Praise God. Quickly, another thing you must do. Never neglect the basics. Never neglect the basics. You're never too big to study the word. You're never too big to pray. You're never too big for the basics. Never be too big for the basics. And finally... Go back to the things you used to do. Revelations 2 verse 5. Revelations 2 verse 5. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. So repent and do what? The first works. That's Jesus' formula. He says go back to what you used to do. Go back to what you used to do before you were discouraged. That's the only way you'll fight it. Go back to what you used to do. There are certain basics of the faith which are not seasonal. They, they are not, they are every, every moment they should be there. Go back to the prayers. Go back to the worship. Like I say, go back to some of those sermons. Go back to coming early. Some of us set it on our hearts that would always be there, let's say 30 minutes before service. Where have you stopped? Go back. Go back. Go back. That's the area I pray for us the most in. Because I've observed that some of us are very comfortable just being Sunday goers. We don't participate in anything else. In the groups, we are quiet. I mean, if I can post something and get, I don't know, five responses, how, who is the deacon? Where is that zeal? Where is that energy? But you know what? Sometimes the Lord doesn't need everyone. There was a time God told Gideon, there are too many. Let them remain 300. What am I trying to say? Some of us may end up being part of this church by virtue of you, you may find you're part of the membership but in heaven you're counted on just Sunday service goers. You're not counted by your works. Where is your works? Where is that effort? If you can't serve God with your energy and your time What would we serve him with? Why should someone do your part? How many people here today came from Levi Monawasa? Did we have a bus from there? Or they just came? You just came? Raise your hands please. Those who came from Levi Monawasa.
We need to do some work there. It's so ripe. But you know the trouble we've had there? We've had very few people doing the work. We need to do work. Sometimes the trouble is just that one or two people get overwhelmed. Refuse for the work of God to ever die in your hands. Your previous cell leader gave you 30 cell members. They shouldn't come and find 15. The work of God must not die in your hands. As a matter of fact, the work of God must prosper in your hands. It must not even be maintained. It must prosper. Praise God. How many have been blessed? How many have been blessed? Okay. All workforce. Workforce, that means those in departments. All workforce. That includes all leadership. And anyone else who's just interested, remain behind. We want to talk for a few minutes about the Dominion Conference and how best we can maximize our efforts. There's somebody whose life will never change unless we find a way to get them to the meeting. Praise God. So next week we'll talk about zeal for life. Where if you've lost energy for living, if you've lost energy for purpose, maybe it feels like something has changed. Maybe you've had too many battles. After the sermon next week, your life will never be the same again. Praise God. I would like every eye closed for a moment. And I want you to reflect on your life and on your zeal for the Lord. But I would like to ask a question. Is there any person who's saying, Apostle, I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to surrender to him wholeheartedly. Give him everything within me. Listen, if you're born again, you know it. You know it by the way you live. You know it by how you think. And you know it because there's a witness in your heart. There's a witness in your heart that you're God's child. So if you're one of those people who's saying, Apostle, I want to give my life to the Lord today. I want you to raise your hand right now. I don't want you to be shy. It's not about anybody else. We each know our lives. So I'll give you a moment. She's going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to say it after her. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. And today, today, I accept you into my heart. I accept you into my heart. Amen. Amen. Congratulations.
Wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.